0: Airbnb. It's wedding season. Yes, it is. What's going on, baby? Alex and I just got invited to a beautiful venue for the wedding of a childhood buddy of mine. Lovely. Can't wait to hear about it. We got babysitters. We're all set to go. And the first thing that you did, Jack? Book a hotel for the wedding. Okay. Second thing that you did? List my place as available that weekend on Airbnb. Millions of people host on Airbnb, but millions more have never even thought about hosting. Here's the thing. We've said it's great to make money while you sleep. Actually, Warren Buffett said that. Well, when you're an Airbnb host host. You make money while you sleep and while someone else sleeps. That's why anytime I'm traveling, I immediately jump into Airbnb and set my house as available. It's that easy. So, Yetis, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode is sponsored by Audible, the home of storytelling. Protect her. That's from the opening chapter of The Last Thing He Told Me. Or is it protect To protect her. And honestly, we shouldn't say anymore. Let's stop we'll there. Listen to the whole audiobook on Audible while driving in the car on road trips. And you should too. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash tboy or text tboy to 500-500. That's audible.com slash tboy or text tboy to 500 this is Nick. This is Jack. It's Friday, the real Friday, November 10th. And today's pod it is the best one yet. It's a T-boy. Jack, how was your flight back, my friend? I just arrived back in Vermont because I'm hosting friends for Friendsgiving this weekend. Not too, I mean, you gotta start early on the Thanksgiving, Jack. We're not eating turkey this weekend, though. We're eating barbecue brisket. Good move. By the way, I just got up north. Jack, I'm in lovely Santa Barbara right now, baby. (laughs) Just 24 hours ago, we were together in LA. Now we're in opposite places. One sec, I gotta go put suntan lotion over on Oprah, Jack. Does Oprah live out there? I'm coming Oprah, I'm on my way Jack, first story, I gotta get over to Oprah man It's Montecito baby For our first story, Netflix just rescued The most historic movie theater in America Not all heroes wear capes But the business development team at Netflix They wear capes For our second story, it's Cruise GM's robo-taxi company just pressed pause On all self-driving cars So we hailed one of the robo-taxis And we'll tell you how it went And our third and final story is Goop Gwyneth Paltrow's goop is making its biggest, riskiest bet yet. Gwenny is going to Tarje, baby. <laughs> but yet he's before we hit that wonderful mix of stories. Oprah, I said I'm coming. Jack, I got to go. I got to help. Nick, we have a news notification from Bootstrap Bill. You ready for this? Talk to me, Jack. What are we seeing? The biggest maritime drama in years. Yet the biggest financial feud on the high seas. It is happening right now. Now, a shipwreck was just discovered off the coast of South America. That shipwreck happens to be worth twenty billion dollars. Did you just say parlay? Yetis off the coast of Colombia is a three hundred year old ship that was found on the bottom of the sea. It's a sixty two gun Spanish galleon on the floor of the Caribbean Sea, or is it Caribbean? What do you want to go with? And this ship is on the bottom of the sea because it was sunk by the British naval fleet way back in 1708. Jack, what is inside that very ship that's on the bottom of the sea right now? An estimated $20 billion of treasure. Yes, let's look at the ship list here. This ship, it's got silver and gold from the mines of Peru. It's got chests full of Colombian emeralds. It's got millions of pesos and gold and silver and coins, according to one historian, $20 billion worth. <laughs> now, can I sprinkle on some context for how much money $20 billion is, Jack, put on a peg leg and sprinkle on some context for us, please. $20 billion could buy you four lifts. Eddie's $20 billion is 5% of Columbia's GDP. Now, if we're talking about that much booty, there's going to be drama. <laughs> yeah, when there's treasure, there is a whole lot of drama, Jack. So the U.S. company that discovered this shipwreck they want to keep the reward. But the Colombian government that's near the shipwreck, they also want to keep the reward. What do Nick and I think? They may have to settle this pirate style. Oh, winner gets the gold, <laughs> loser. You're walking the plank, man. Nick, what's a pirate's favorite letter? R, <laughs> Jack. You thought I'd say R, but it's the C. <laughs> Hey, Jack Sparrow, we'll keep you updated on what happens with the shipwreck. In the meantime, Blackbeard, let's hit our three stars. 15 years before this song, two boys from the Northeast met in a the dorm. They had an idea to cause a cultural storm. It's the best one yet, but the best is the norm. Jack, Nick, that's it. I don't even think they need to practice. 50%, that's a fat tip. T Boy City on your at list. If you know, you know, because we're ready to go. We can't wait no more, so just start the show. uh, For our first story, Netflix looked like a hero yesterday. It just rescued the most historic movie theater in the world. There is corporate philanthropy, and then there's corporate heroism. Okay, Jack, yesterday was a pretty, pretty, pretty good day for Hollywood, wasn't it, man? Not just because you and I took a selfie in front of the Hollywood sign. Which we did. Guilty. (laughs) Jack was glowing. We had to do it. But also because the actor strike ended. So cameras will be rolling again pretty soon in Hollywood. But Yetis, here's the story Jack and I want to tell you. There was actually one other Hollywood gem that also came back yesterday. The Egyptian theater in Hollywood reopened after a three-year renovation. But Yetis, in order for us to tell this story, and in order for us to express the magnitude of this story, we got to go back 101 years. 1922. The Egyptian theater in Hollywood, California, premiered the movie... Robin Hood. Yeah. For the first time ever, a theater rolled out a carpet and that carpet was red. Yeah. Everyone's like, why is there a red carpet in front of this movie theater? It was the first red carpet. <laughs> like you'd stop and people, they didn't know if to ask you who you were wearing. That wasn't a thing. But the actors stood around on the red carpet and photos were taken of them. Eventually they figured it out. <laughs> Yet is the Egyptian theater, it invented the red carpet and it invented the movie premiere. So the Egyptian theater is a Hollywood historical landmark. Throw it on your list of places to go, like, like, like Yankee Stadium. It's on the bucket list, right, Jack? Yeah, or that garage in Palo Alto where they built the first computer. <laughs> or that dorm room where we met, Jack. That was pretty cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Egyptian theater is the most famous movie theater in the world. Yes, and it's probably also the first place where they sold the first movie Mint. But Yetis, that was 100 years ago. That theater, in the meantime, has fallen on hard times. It was owned by a nonprofit. It was badly in need of repair. No one was stepping up. It could have been demolished. That's when Netflix saw an opportunity. They went and bought the Egyptian theater. Netflix went from reels to real estate, baby. Which brings us to the news. This week, Netflix reopened the Egyptian theater. Thursday night was the first showing in three years. Turn on the popcorn machine. This theater has never looked better. Jack, can we talk about the numbers here, please? She got a three-year, $70 million renovation. It preserved the history, but it added, like, speakers because... Literally, this is from the silent era. I mean, Jack, huge miss here. They could have turned the renovation into a Netflix movie, right? $70 million, right? They probably did that, Nick. But great call. Great call. We better see that. Million dollar listing. Literally. Now, what's Netflix going to do with this new theater that they own that looks better than ever? Well, on weekdays, Netflix is going to premiere Netflix original movies in this new Netflix movie theater. With a red carpet. And on weekends, that same nonprofit, they're going to show classic cinema to the public consistent with their nonprofit mission. Now, of course, Netflix isn't UNICEF, but Jack, what is Netflix really doing here, man? Netflix is feeding two birds with one scone. Two birds get one scone because Netflix is giving their films the big celebratory premiere moment that Hollywood talent craves. And it's preserving an emotionally important Hollywood landmark. So Jack, can you give us a little (laughs) twirl over there and tell us what's the takeaway for our buddies over at Netflix? There's corporate philanthropy, And then there's corporate heroism. Yetis, Jack and I love to see headlines of corporations donating money to noble causes. But donations, they don't buy attention like this thing did. What Netflix did here is something very different. Netflix has exponentially gained more PR than a typical donation. Because Netflix looks like a hero by saving the Egyptian theater. They look like a superhero, a superhero that saved a Hollywood treasure that happens to be very convenient business-wise. Because they just won some major goodwill, not just from customers, but from Hollywood actors and the Hollywood producers. Yeah, some of whom may not have been Netflix fans before they did this. But maybe now they are, because they saved the Egyptian theater. Yeti's think Of the potential here. Imagine if General Motors had rescued the old Penn Station in New York, they would have played hero to public transportation. That would have been incredible. Imagine if Facebook had rescued America's local newspapers and played hero to local news. Jack, imagine if Lego had rescued FAO Schwartz, the legendary toy store. It would have been a hero to everyone who is a child worldwide. Because Yetis, there's corporate philanthropy, and that's great. But then there's corporate heroism. And heroism sells tickets. For our second story, Cruise, the self-driving robo-taxi pioneer, just had its worst month ever. Not because its robo-taxi made a mistake, but because they tried to cover it up. Yetis, Jack and I have told you before on this pod, if you're a big company, if you can't beat them, buy them. In 2016, that's what General Motors did. They wanted in on self-driving cars, But they were based in Detroit. That wasn't really their thing, right, Jack? (laughs) So they bought a majority of a tech company based in San Francisco for a billion dollars. And that tech company was called Cruise. Cruise Robo Taxis. By 2021, GM's investment had grown by 15x in value. Cruise Robo Taxis had become one of the most valuable startups in America. It was worth $30 billion. dollars Because Cruise has robo-taxis today that are Chevy bulk cars, and they've been driving around paid customers in San Francisco all year long. Honestly, it's like really thrilling. (laughs) Like, when I look out my window every morning, Jack, there's like, they're all over San Francisco and nobody's in the front seat. It never gets old. You know, you kind of want to wave to them. It's like, they're ghost riding. I've taken two of them, by the way. One was a good experience. One was not as good an experience. But yet he's one single accident. May have ended all that for this $30 billion cruise robo-taxi company. Besties, let's go back to October 2nd. That's when a woman was hit by a human driver in a normal car. According to reports, the woman stepped off the sidewalk and was hit by a car, which was driven by a human. That human driver sped off, and that person is a criminal for fleeing the scene of the crime. But the story didn't end there. The woman ended up getting thrown into the path of one of these cruise self-driving cars, which fortunately stopped so it was a horrible hit and run accident it was tragic but then the self-driving car made it worse after initially stopping The car got confused because it was in the middle of the road and it thought it should get out of the way. Okay, so that's when this robo-taxi makes a mistake. It starts pulling over and then it starts dragging the poor woman 20 more feet underneath the self-driving car. Now, this woman is still alive, but she's in a hospital too. So add it all up and the human driver of the first car is who's at fault. But the self-driving car made her injuries worse. Naturally, this was a bad headline for the self-driving car company. But it actually got worse with every passing day as more and more information leaked out. Yeah, which is our takeaway. So Jack, what's the takeaway for all our buddies over at Cruz? It's not about the mistake. It's about how you handle it. So Yetis, after this accident. Cruz shared the video footage with authorities, but only part of it. They showed video of the car initially stopping in front of the woman but it didn't show video of the car dragging her. So now this week, now that the whole story is out and it looks like Cruz covered up the truth, now Cruz is in trouble. When regulators realized Cruz was holding back the second half of that video, they suspended their permit to self-drive in the state. And then General Motors just paused production and more robo-taxis. And now Cruz had to recall all 950 robo-taxis come back into the shop. The yetis, even if a self-driving car, which is, by the way, an incredible, amazing to see technology, even if it is 99% safer than human drivers, a mistake was bound to happen. Nick, this is a brutal but powerful statistic. 35,000 people in America die every year because of car accidents. Self-driving cars are bound to reduce that number someday. Honestly, I'll probably still continue taking a self-driving car because they're still available and it's, it's an exciting technology with amazing potential. It's a shame that Cruise didn't just show the whole video at the beginning and be straight up about this. So, Yetis, yeah, the way we see it, Cruise didn't get in trouble for the mistake. Cruise got in trouble for how it handled it. Canva. Six years ago, Nick and I were designing the pitch deck for our media company. Yeah, we didn't want it to look like some amateur college PowerPoint. We wanted to impress investors. So we made our first pitch deck on Canva. Canva is the easy to use online design platform for presentations, social media posts, physical flyers, anything you can design. And Canva turns you into a digital Da Vinci, delighting your audience with design. They got these color palettes that you can use. It makes your work look beautiful. We used presentation templates that were available for free and then customized them for our company. And guess what? That summer, we sold that company market snacks thanks to the deck we built with Canva. Oh, and funny thing, we still use Canva today for all our design projects. So, Yetis, start designing today at Canva.com. Canva designed for work. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Yetis, how good is the feeling of getting something off your chest. You've been wanting to say it. You've been waiting to say it. But you bottled it up. In Waspy, Vermont, where I grew up, we didn't talk much about our problems. We were encouraged to keep them to yourself. Yet he's bottling up your feelings is just horrible for you because eventually it blows up with an outburst. And then while it's stewing, it makes your whole stomach feel terrible. We encourage you to get it off your chest. what you tell your therapist remains completely confidential. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash T-Boy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel slash T-Boy. For our third and final story before the weekend, Goop, Gwyneth Paltrow's lifestyle brand, is entering, get this, Target. It's a huge risk for Gwyneth. We'll tell you why in our takeaway. Full disclosure, this is Nick. And just got to Santa Barbara. Jack. I know, you told us at the beginning <laughs> of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. You already told us, Nick. <laughs> Oprah's asking for a nice tea, Jack. The only thing more beautiful than the people here is the landscaping. What does that even mean? Oh, I just saw a very pretty agave tree. That is romantic. I won't lie. Agave plants are incredible. It was stunning. But yet he's Santa Barbara. It is also the home of Gwyneth Paltrow. The Oscar-winning actress... From Shakespeare and left. he's also the founder of Goop, Goop, which started out originally as a blog. If you wanted to treat yourself and your boo to a spa getaway weekend and you had no budget, Gwyneth would tell you where to go. She evolved it from content to commerce and Goop's last valuation was at $250 million. Today, it's a wellness company. They sell beauty products and it's definitely a lifestyle brand. They're going to detox your face while you Botox your wallet. Yeah. Check out Goop.com. You'll find An $800 candle sprinkled with moon dust. And you're going to find a $1,000 Pilates retreat taught by a vegan pistachio. Open up the holiday gift guide right now. We dare you. Oh, we jumped in T-boy style. Oh, this was wild. You're going to find a $2,000 Hermes doghouse. Jack, I just walked over to the Goop store because it's in Montecito right over here. They're selling $15,000 gold vibrators. But Gwyneth deserves a lot of credit. She's taken business risks. She's tested new revenue streams. She's put herself out there. For example, Goop has launched a TV show on Netflix. And a cruise line with Celebrity Cruises. And a guest house by Goop on Airbnb. Right in Nick's backyard right now in Santa Barbara. But yet here's what Jack and I found fascinating about this story. The latest move from Goop is their most dramatic departure. Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop is entering Target, and that could be their greatest risk ever. Goop's new line of skincare is for sale at Target and on Amazon, and every product is under $40. They've So basically gone from selling $5,000 cashmere bidets to like a $15 skin cream. Now here's the reason why. 64% of Goop's sales are actually skincare products. So it's expanding that top product line for the mainstream masses. And interestingly, they're still going to sell it basically under the same brand, right, Jack? Apparently, there's fewer active ingredients, which justifies the lower price point. This new brand is called Good Clean Goop. So, Yetis, here's the huge risk. Will classic goop customers still see the brand as an exclusive indulgence? Yeah, can a goop customer justify paying $1,000 for an ayahuasca face mask when the same brand is selling $8 lip balms at Target. Over in aisle six, Jack and I want to know. So Jack, can you please consciously uncouple the takeaway for our buddies over at Goop? This will be the most extreme test of aspiration versus accessibility. That yeah, is on the spectrum of a brand. On one extreme is aspiration and on the other extreme is accessibility. Open up a thesaurus. Those two words are opposite of each other but Goop is trying to be both at the same time. Aspirational brands are mysterious, a little inaccessible, ahead of you, but you want to get there. Accessible brands, on the other hand, are relatable, familiar, and they meet you where you are right now. Now, Tesla, they've kind of been able to do this. They've gone from aspirational to accessible with a cheaper car, but still sell a $100,000 version. Ralph Lauren's done it too. You can find a $25 polo shirt at TJ Maxx, they're still selling $10,000 tuxes at their Fifth Avenue store. So Goop, they're trying to stretch the brand across the entire spectrum in like the most extreme way we've ever seen. They're trying to be aspirational for Santa Barbara, but also accessible for Minneapolis. Can they pull it off? We'll check back in in the next Target earnings report. Jack, can you and that lovely tan whip up the takeaways for us over there? Netflix rescued the historic Egyptian theater in Hollywood. Yeah, there's corporate philanthropy, and then there's corporate heroism. For our second story, Cruise has made huge progress with self-driving cars, but one accident in San Francisco has turned into a crisis. It's not that they made the mistake, it's how they handled the mistake. For our third and final story, it's Goop. Goop is going mainstream with a low price skincare line for sale at Target and Amazon. It's the ultimate risk of a brand, stretching from aspiration to accessible. But yetis, this pod's not over yet. Here's what else you need to know today. First, Bitcoin just hit $37,000. The price of a Bitcoin named Ben has more than doubled this year. It's all thanks to eager anticipation for a Bitcoin ETF which hasn't been improved yet. (laughs) And second, United Airlines just followed Delta Airlines by updating their loyalty program for frequent flyers. Like Delta, they're going to reward you less. That's all you need to know. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it always is when they update their frequent flyer policies. And finally, three giant pandas safely arrived back in China after their 19-hour flight from Washington, D.C. Because China is taking back their pandas. It's the end of panda diplomacy. There are still a couple pandas we have in Atlanta, but China could take them back anytime, right, Jack? They're actually they're going to they're going to be gone soon too. Also kind of awkward timing, right, man? No, this is good news. China's president Xi is getting together in person with President Biden in San Francisco next week. Wouldn't hurt if he brought a couple pandas. <laughs> We're just saying what everyone's thinking, Yetis. We're just saying it. Now, time for the best fact yet. This one sent in by Eric Bjorn over in Draper, Utah. Push and play. Greetings, Yetis. As Veterans Day approaches this Saturday, have you ever wondered how it's different from Memorial Day? While Memorial Day commemorates fallen soldiers, Veterans Day celebrates all veterans who've served in our armed forces. It was originally established in 1938 as a day to honor World War I veterans, and it was originally named Armistice Day. Veterans Day is also officially recognized in Canada, Australia, and Great Britain, but is referred to as Remembrance Day. So, wherever you are this Saturday, reach out to a veteran and express your heartfelt gratitude for their valiant service. This one goes out to my buddy Scott, flying jets over there in the United States Air Force. Eric, Scott, all the veterans, thank you so much for your service. amazing number of veteran besties out there. Thanks, all We are so lucky as Americans to have so many people who volunteer to serve in the military. And you're doing it right now, too. Thanks so much. Yetis, you have looked fantastic all week. Jack, it was amazing being with you over in Beverly Hills. By the way, a lot of wins to celebrate, man. We have an announcement coming next week, which I'm very excited about. On Monday's episode, you'll hear something from us. Jack and I have been working on some stuff. We got two really cool things coming out this month for you. In the meantime, have a fantastic weekend. Make sure to follow the show. And Nick and I will see you Monday. I gotta go make Oprah a nice tea, Jack. <laughs> Yetis celebrate the wins. I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> and before we go, a happy birthday to legendary Yeti Winifred Lester, who's turning 100 years old in Ventura, California. He's celebrating with his children, his grandchildren and his great-grandchildren. And May and Joseph in the Bay Area, happy birthday to both of you, because May is the mom and Joseph is her son with the same birthday. And happy birthday to Parag Pate, who just got back from India to celebrate his birthday with his wife. And a happy birthday to Barbaros Ozturk in Vancouver, Canada, who's prepping some ads for Black Friday. Happy birthday to Fabian Goularde, who's celebrating his 40th birthday in Palm Springs. And Pedro Cabrera is turning 50 years old down in Texas. Happy birthday to Sanjana Kana, who's turning 29 plus one in Chandler, Arizona. And Nate and Nora just got engaged where it all began in Madison, Wisconsin. Send us some pics of the ring, guys. And happy anniversary to Gio and Mithra in Kent, Ohio. And Angela and Matthew Fonti are celebrating their first year of marriage down in Florida with a fantastic dinner. Big shout out to Kelsey Black, one of the best besties, who's hosting some famous authors at her bookstore in Austin. And a good luck and congratulations to Nishi on their first long distance road trip with Puppy Mango from Atlanta all the way to Phoenix. And happy birthday to Samson, the baby of Bozeman, and the son of Lacey and Taylor, who finally fits into that T-boy onesie. Samson, You're looking fantastic. And to anyone else celebrating something today, make it a T-boy. Celebrate the wins. This is Jack. I own stock of Netflix and Amazon. And Nick and I both own stock of Airbnb. And Nick and I both own one Bitcoin whose name is Ben. Dude, great work. (laughs) Great, 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 great. Great great, great. Great work. Great, great, great. Great work. You did what I need you to do on that joke. You said said what you were supposed to say. I thought so. I was like, somebody (laughs) tells me I said the wrong (laughs) consonant here. (laughs) If you like the best one yet, you can listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. And before you go, tell us a little bit about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. We want to get to know you. Nick and Jack here. want to quickly tell you about the show Business Wars. With the launch of ChatGPT, Sam Altman and OpenAI reinvigorated our imaginations and fears of a world with artificial intelligence. While the company looked like a stunning success from the outside, a battle was brewing within. Almost a year after launching ChatGPT, that battle erupted into a war when the company fired its charismatic CEO, Sam Altman. From Wondery, Business Wars is a podcast about the biggest corporate rivalries of all time. And in the newest season, host David Brown digs into the philosophical differences within OpenAI that culminated in Sam Altman's shocking firing and what it means for the future and safety of AI in the modern world. Follow Business Wars on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And for more deep dive and daily business content, listen on Wondery, the destination for business podcasts. With shows like How I Built This, business wars, the best one yet, business movers, and many more. Wondery means business.